Welcome to Calvary Chapel Sebastian Podcast. We believe that God's Word transforms our lives. We hope that you're blessed by this message. Okay, well, if you need a Bible, raise your hand. And um, the ushers kindly tried to encourage you to pick up a notebook. Uh, notepad. Some of you said, no, I don't need one. Guess what? You are going to need one because I'm going to do something a little bit different. So if you need a page like this, raise your hand and they will put a page in your hand and I'm going to ask you to do something on this page during the teaching. Then we're going to go back to it at the very end. So don't forget to get that page. And um, we're going to be in Matthew chapter seven. John, are you ushering now? Okay, good. Everybody needs a sheet of paper. <laughs> All right. Matthew chapter 7, we'll start in verse 7. We're going to go through verse 7 through 14. As I said, the title of the teaching is Available God. But I want to share with you this week, um, I'm looking out here tonight, and I see a lot of concert goers. And uh, I know that you all love to go to concerts, worship concerts, right? And sometimes we go see, I was online, Live Nation sends me emails, anybody on Live Nation, and they send me emails, and they said, Santana's coming to the House of Blues, and it's already sold out. I'm like, what? Like, there's some artists that I just think are incredible, and, it's, and I've never, if you've never seen them, you have a tendency to want to go. But I, I, I got notified um, of a concert that's coming up, and uh, get this, Hillsong, Elevation Worship, and who? See, I told you we had concert goers here, right? And so uh, I just, I, I got the pre-sale code and all that, and I get ready, and it's on, what, what day was it? Was it Monday? Yeah, Monday at 10 o'clock. And, and so you get ready to get these tickets, and it says it's putting you in a waiting room. So, like, I put the code in. That's supposed to be this special code that only certain people get. I put the code in, and it says... The waiting room is full. The line is, is, and this is like at 10 minutes till 10. So I'm like trying to jump the gun. And it's like, we're putting you in a waiting room. So now I'm in this waiting room, virtual waiting room. And then about, I don't know, 30 seconds before 10 o'clock, it like shoves me into this other place. And all of a sudden this arena, you know, the Amway arena comes up and, and, it, and, it, and it like just spills out all of these options. Do you know when you buy tickets today that you have so many options? Yeah, right? And so let me just tell you what some of the options are. You can get a diamond package. You can get a gold package. You can get a regular package. You can get a lounge package. You can get an end-of-the-aisle seat VIP package, bud. So if you like to sit on the end of the aisle, it's extra. Okay, I'm just saying. So <laughs> listen, I, I've, got a, I've got a pass up here. Uh, put that up there. We're going to be talking that we're going to, we are all VIPs in God's world, okay? And so uh, you can just leave that pass up there for a little bit, production, but just like attending a concert when you purchase your seat for the show, it also comes with other benefits and ever, other privileges. And so um, I'm going to read with you what package, of course, diamond is like probably the best package. So I'm like, well, what does the diamond package give us, right? And so I looked it up. I'm not going to tell you the prices for this, but this is what the diamond package gives you to this concert. One premium seat, early entry access with dedicated entrance access to, the, to an intimate live experience with members of Casting Crown, Hillsong Worship, and Elevation Worship. Okay, so I'm like, okay, what is that? Like we're strumming a guitar and having our personal worship? And is it red carpet? Is it like not where the regular people go, right, when the door's open? So I have no idea what that means. But then it says... Uh, you have 
early access to pre-show Q&A with members of Casting Crowns Hillsong and Elevation Worship, a VIP gift bag, a commemorative VIP lanyard, because we all want to wear that to church the following <laughs> Sunday, right? We're special. We went to this concert. A printed signature poster, a poster, a private pre-show merchandise shopping access to official tour and a, official tour of photography with bandmates. So, yeah, right? Who doesn't want that? Then I clicked on the price. <laughs> Tell you. <laughs> 249. Yeah, 179 was gold. Yeah, yeah. You, you were close, John. Yeah, one, uh, 249. Now, just to give you a comparison of worship versus secular, Live Nation sent me, there's another band that's coming to town, and I know that you guys wouldn't know this band because you're all Christians, but there's a band called Guns N' Roses. <laughs> and so I got that email, and you know, because I don't know their names, Axel and Izzy, and no. And so I'm looking at those ticks, I'm like, wow, you know, like, you know, sweet child of mine, Paradise City. I know, I know we're in church. Forgive me, I'll repent later. But I looked at their VIP package, and it had kind of the similar thing, only there was like additive worldly things that we don't do as Christians, you know. And it was $749. So I was like, okay. So the bottom line is, I did get tickets, I didn't get VIP passes and all that. But what do you think, why are you bringing this up, Okay. Um, I'm bringing this up because, think about this, what if, what if I clicked on a ticket and I paid my price and I didn't read the directions and I just paid the price, what if it came with extra benefits that I wasn't aware of? And I just came in at 6.30 or 6 o'clock when the doors opened, found my seats, got my $12 hot dog from the stand and a $7 Coca-Cola, Right. And I just sat there, and I missed out on all the opportunity to benefit of the VIP package. What a shame that would be, right? What a waste, because I did not know that. And I say this, I believe tonight that there are many believers that we know we have a seat in heaven because of the purchase price that Jesus paid for us, right? But I want you to know that tonight, there are many benefits and privileges that come with our seat in heaven, and I think one of the most dangerous things that we as believers is that we don't take advantage of the VIP package of being a Christian, all right? You, yes, we have fire insurance and we are all going to be with Jesus, but I also believe that while we're here, there are VIP benefits that we are not fully taking advantage of. And that's what I'm going to talk about tonight. And so I want you to just kind of put in your head, you might even just like... like um, put a, a virtual pass on you and just say, I am God's VIP, okay? And so I want you to understand that God's VIP pass gives us all access to everything God has for us. You might want to write that down because it's a good reminder. If we are God's kids, then we have all access to everything God has for us. We are his VIPs. And so I have asked you to turn to Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Look what Jesus says here in verse 7 as we begin. He says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, what? The door will be opened. 
And so Jesus gave us this VIP pass, the VIP pass that gives us all access to him. And I want you to understand that what we're going to talk about tonight is we have access and benefits through prayer. This is what this ask, seek, knock is, is always going to drive us to. It's about prayer. And so I was thinking about that. What if I know that I have a seat in heaven? Maybe there's someone here listening on podcast right now that you, you realize that you have that, but we're not cashing in on everything that God has given us as a VIP -er. And for many believers, maybe the idea of communicating with the creator of the universe seems almost impossible. Because after all, he is the king over the heavens and the earth. Isn't he busy? Doesn't he have something else better to do than to worry about one person, little old me? How could that be? How could he pay attention to all that? Maybe you're, maybe you're here and you, and you think, why would God want to talk with me? He's given me everything that I need to know here. Why would he want to have a conversation with me? Maybe you're here tonight and you think, is there a right way or a wrong way to pray when we communicate with God? Maybe you're here and you're asking this question, is it okay to ask God for anything? That's a valid question. I've often asked that question. Can I ask God for anything? And he could be okay with that. Maybe you're here and you have this question, why does God answer some prayers but not others? And all these questions are valid, and that's what we're going to look at tonight. So thankfully, we'll see tonight that God's Word gives us an insight to prayer. First thing I want you to write down, and I want you to write it down on this piece of paper that I've asked you to get, God invites us to talk with him. God invites us to talk with him. And you just write that down on the top of your paper. Now, I want you to meditate upon that right now, because there's not one person who would disagree with that. You know that. You know that God wants to talk with you. But here's the thing that I want you to think about. What I want you to do is I want you to write down the date. I love how they have little date here. Date. Just put today's date on there. And I want you to, I'm going to give you a moment, I want you to write down one reason why you believe that you don't come to God often enough for your needs through prayer. Now that's assuming that there's some, at least everybody here, or some people here that don't come to God through prayer, or a time of prayer, or a time of intimacy with him. Do I have the right crowd, or should I just like close up and we'll go home? Because I myself will not go to God all the time and immediately and instantly when things pop up in my life that I have needs or, or direction or whatever it is. And so I think all of us, if we can agree, that there are some times. But I want you to think about your personal time with God. Write down one reason what it is. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. For example, for me, I'll just be open. I like to pick on myself and be vulnerable. I'm too busy. I didn't have time to meet with God. I'm too busy with what I do. After all, I'm always corresponding with God anyways, right? But the truth is, that's my, that's my excuse. And that's what I had to write down on my paper when I was preparing for this teaching. So give you a moment. Just think and ask God, what's the one reason that he would point out to you? And don't share it with your neighbor. Not going to ask you to come up and read why, but seriously, take a good evaluation of it. Has everybody got something down, honestly, between you and God? Okay. If you're sitting too close to somebody and you need a chair between you, go ahead and move. 
It's okay. Let's read that verse again now that you've wrote something down. You can just put that in your Bible, just in Matthew chapter 8 or something. We'll get back to it. Let's read verse 7 again. It says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Tonight I want to break down this teaching into three different parts. Ask, seek, and knock. The first one you're going to see up on the screen, ask. Now, I love how these pastors and you see teachings and maybe you even taught on this or did a small group study or a devotion on this. I love all the acronyms that come with this, right? Because they're all fancy and it's so funny when a pastor teaches on this and he's like, oh, I'm gonna get really fancy on this acronym. I came up with a few acronyms myself and to be honest with you, I was thinking of Nick, our sound guy, um, because he just loves guns and uh, just rest assured that we're protected here. <laughs> but here's one. ASK could be an acronym, Assault Survivor Kit. <laughs> Assault Survivor Kit, right? Right? Or it could be Aim, Shoot, Kill, okay? <laughs> but here's what I came up with. It's the best I could do, and it's really four words, and I apologize. Always seek the king, okay? That's just the best I could do. But what is... What is ask? What, do we, what is Jesus trying to say here with ask, seek, and knock? I've got it up on the screen, Philippians 4, 6. It is, we're told, we're told to come to him and ask. So it says in Philippians 4, 6, you know this. It says, be anxious for what? For nothing in our lives. But in everything, everything we need, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And so when we read that verse, it's like, well, how do I make it known to God? Well, we have to come to him, first of all. We have to step towards him. We have to acknowledge him. We have to present it to him. I love what we sang, here I am at your feet, just to be with you. That's what God desires for us to do in worship and in prayer, is that we can't make our requests known unless... We're talking with them. It's kind of like my teenager. My teenager will stay as long as he can at the lake when he goes fishing with his buddies. I promise you, right? But if I don't communicate with him and say, Rylan, I realize you're going to Sebastian Inlet with your buddies, but I need you to be home by 8 o'clock. I got to communicate that with him or he doesn't know what, what we require of him. And even then we have to text him at, at seven o'clock and go, it's 45 minutes home. You got to drop your buddies off. Do not walk in this door at 815. If you do that, we're not going to trust you to come back down to Sebastian, right? And he loves coming down here. But it's, it's that communication. My son doesn't know what I require of him. And he doesn't know what we need of him unless we communicate with him. And so when we have something that we need to talk to God about, he needs us to communicate. The only way to communicate with God is to have that conversation with him. Now, I'm talking to those who sometimes in churches, I don't know what your background is. I'm so thankful that we're just in a church just like, hey, come as you are, wear what you want, and, and just communicate. We don't have to have professional prayer, you know, prayer people where you sound so holy trying to communicate with God. I love it that God just goes, God, man, I'm at the end of my rope. I don't know what to do here. You know, and that's that conversation between you and God. And it's, you know what I'm stressing out about. You know what I'm trying to do. You know how this impacts my family or my business. 
God loves it when we just come to him and see him for who he is. He's the one that's capable. He's the one that, that we are to go to. And his desire is, is that we make our requests, look, Philippians 4, 6, we make our requests made known to God. The only way we can do that is if we come to him with prayer. I just wrote down here, God already knows what's on our heart and what our needs are at hand. And so if he already knows, but we don't ask, there's a problem there, isn't there? He wants us to acknowledge him for his, get this, omnipotent position. That's a big word, omnipotent. And maybe we don't know what that means. I looked it up. Omnipotent God means unlimited power. Think about that. Unlimited power. Nothing holds God back from being empowered to move things on your behalf for your needs. Not one amen. Okay. I don't need an amen for, to prop me. I'm just saying, that's an amen. When I think about that, I'm praying to God that is empowered to do anything. Not only does omnipotent mean unlimited power, but it means that he's able to do anything. He is unlimited to his resources, his power. What a great thing, because when we come to him in prayer, that's who we're praying about. I want an omnipotent God to be in my loop. The only way that I can do that is to say to him, God, I need you. I was just here just worshiping. I'm like, I don't feel like teaching tonight. I feel a little off. Something's funky. And I just said, God, I can't teach without you. I need you. And that's, it's just that simple. You can just say that. Look what's up on the slide. Verse 8, we're going to read it one more time. It says, for everyone who asks, receives. I just wrote this down. Receiving is a reward of asking. Isn't that good? It's a reward only to those who bother to take the time and see God for who he is and ask. If we're not receiving, it's because we're not asking. You know this, you have not because you what? You ask not. And God's saying, I want to reward you. I want to bless you. I want to answer you. I want to show you who I am. And so let me ask you tonight, is there something that you want in your life, but you haven't really taken that time because I'm too busy doing church stuff or preparing a teaching or going into meetings at the Melbourne campus? Is there something that I want in my life or need in my life that I'm too busy to ask God for? Is there something in your life that you need right now, you want it in your life, and you're too busy? You haven't prayed for it. You haven't really spent that time with God and just said, God, and have that conversation, however it is for you when you communicate with God. Maybe, and I thought I laughed, is maybe there's something that you want out of your life, <laughs> right? And you're like, God, take this out of my life, you know? Husbands, you, you don't get off that easy, all right? But, it, but it's, it's whatever it is, whatever it is for us tonight, are we taking that time to come to God? Have you asked God for his help? Or are we still trying to figure it out? Well, my circumstance isn't changed. I think it's a great time. That's why I had you write this down. Evaluate why haven't you gone to God more often when we need to? What's holding us up? Remember, you're a VIP. You are God's children. We all have VIP. All access, backstage access, passes to access God anytime we want. And so... The next question would be, can I ask or pray to God for anything? 
right? That's a good question. It's valid. Look up on the screen. I'm going to bring a verse up, and I'm going to take you through a couple things. 1 John 5, 14, 15 says, This is the confidence which we have before him that if we ask anything, what's next? According to his will. I just want to stop right there. Leave that up on the screen. Can I ask God for anything? I sure can. But when I ask for that, the key here is I want to say to God, God, if it's your will, that's what I want, right? And so it goes, it goes on and says, if we ask anything according to his will, he's the giver of goods. He's the one that's omnipotent. He hears us. And if we know that he hears us, I want to stop right there. God hears you. God hears you. Please don't judge God's hearing and think he needs a hearing aid because your prayer has not been answered yet, okay? God's not hard of hearing here. This scripture says he hears you. He hears you. He's behind the scenes doing something. Anybody like, like uh, someone shout out like a meal that you go to grandma's house. Maybe you have memories of grandma. What's someone's favorite meal that grandma made you? Fried chicken, okay? So you, when you go back to grandma, you just think fried chicken. Well, guess what? It's not poof fried chicken immediately, is it? Grandma had to go out and kill that chicken. I assume Michigan farm. Yeah, go out and kill the chicken. It's fresh. They got to, you know, defeather it. I don't even know what they did back then, Paula. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Hot water, pull the feathers. I mean, it, it's a process, right? But did you, when she served up that plate of fried chicken, did you go, no, that's okay, I'm, I'm tired of waiting, here you go. No, God is the same way. He's working behind the scenes, preparing what he's going to do for you on behalf of your request. This verse here tells us that we know that he hears us, and in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which we have asked from him. What's the key, what's the key verse? If you underline anything, what is it? When we come to God, we know he's here. What's the key verse we want to focus on? According to his will. There you go. According to his will. Well, when we come to God for our prayer, how do we know what his will is? Well, the first thing is we filter it through the word of God, right? But let me just let you off the hook because you're like, I just need it and I need it now. I don't want to look through the whole word. That's fine. But here's another thing. If we're walking in God's will then we have the mind of God. We have the mind of God. If we are walking in his will, if we're doing what he asks us to do, and we're faithful in that, and we are spending time with him, okay? And, and, and I don't know how to describe that intimacy. It's just different for everybody. But do you ever get to a place in your life where you know you're walking in God's will despite like what's going on? You just know that you have a peace beyond a peace that you're walking in his will. Anybody in that right now? Go ahead, raise your hand. Like, let's applaud God, right? Yeah, you're walking in the will of God. Well, here's what I'm saying. When you pray and you ask for things, because you're walking in the will of God, you have the mind of God. His desires become your desires. You get that? It's not like, I mean, we all make decisions. Um, I'm installing a fire pit today. And so I'll just be honest. I didn't pray and go, well, God, do you think I should have a fire pit? I had a conversation with my wife, and I said, my boys are hanging out with kids that like to, you know, fish, and they like to cook steaks and all that, and I'm like, hey, it'd be really neat to, 
to put a fire pit in our backyard because the boys will have their friends over. And so at least we know they're at our house. We know who they're with. We're not going to be out there bugging them like they get their space. They got their music and their cooler of, you know, iced tea or whatever they're doing and cook on the grill over the fire pit. Why do we do that? I just felt like that was the right thing to do for our family to release our kids you know, not smother them, cut the umbilical cord, let them hang out with their friends, go fishing. But I also felt like it was a good open-door opportunity to have them over. Um, uh, My son just invited a friend to come to church. He's been fishing with, and he's never been to church in his life, and he came. He actually came on a Wednesday, and he says to Ryland, hey, your church is fun. Can I come back? Right? And so there's just some things that we do. It's like I go to my wife and I go, would this be okay or is this going to offend God? So we're putting in a fire pit today and and we're expecting to have lots of fun, have you guys over and just, you know, just enjoy that. But when we're praying to God, his desire becomes our desire when we're walking in his will. There's nothing foreign coming out of here. If it's foreign and we're, we're like laying something ridiculous and it doesn't make sense, God's just going to remind us really quick. And let me tell you, if you're open about your life, if you tell somebody what you're praying for and they just know that like that's not the desire, that's not God's thing, they're going to be open to tell you like, hey, that's, that's not God, that's you, you know. And thank God for those people. Don't be offended embrace those people because it'll save you a lot of heartache later. But look at, look at God. God doesn't want to withhold good things from you and I. You think God cares if I have a fire pit or not? I don't, I, you know, I'm not God, but I don't know. I think what he's looking at is, will it put you in debt? Can you afford that? Can, is now the time to do that? I think he's more interested in that, you know, to be honest, for me and our finances and all that. But The bottom line is God doesn't want to hold good things from you and I. Look at verse 9. And this is his character. I read this when I taught at the Melbourne campus, but I want to read it again. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will he give him a stone? Right? Legit, it's like, God, I'd like to have some food. God's going to deliver that. He's not going to to duke you. He's not, he's going to bless you. He wants to provide for you. Or if he asks for fish, will he... will give him a snake. If then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give you good gifts to those who what? Who ask him. So in everything you do to others, what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law of the prophets. I'm not going to go into that tonight. I don't have time. But I I wanted to just say to you that if you're in in a season where you don't know, here's the thing with God. You can't muscle him into delivering you what you want. He's just not going to do it. If you're praying for something and you desire something, go ahead and ask God. You know why? Because at the end of the day, if it's in his will, he's going to grant it. He's going to provide. He's going to do it. And he's going he's to knock your socks off when he does it. Don't you love it when he delivers? And, and sometimes he just delivers in such a bigger way than we could even ask for, right? What does the Bible say? It says that he'll do even things immeasurable, even greater than we think he could do when we ask. And so that's our God. That's our all-powerful, all-able, capable God to do these things. Now, the next question is, um, when we pray, do we pray? How much faith do I need to have in order to get my prayers answered? Right? Valid question. Look what's up on the screen. I'm just going to write this down. Write it down. Prayer comes with a dose of faith on our behalf. Um, I was just thinking this weekend, someone came forward and they asked for prayer. They asked to be anointed and they asked for prayer. And, you know, as I, 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 you know, 
there is a testimony that God healed. And I was just thinking about that this week because the elder was here and um, the wonderful prayer counselors were here. And I just said, guys, come over. Let's just lay hands. Let's circle around, lay hands. And, and I had our elder anoint that person with oil. And, and just even that evening, they began to feel better. And then the next day, they felt better. And the next day, they felt better. And I was just thinking about what I had to teach on tonight. I thought, what if our faith was praying over that, but they didn't have enough faith to believe? And I'm, I'm just saying, there's all throughout Scripture, so many stories where people didn't even know Jesus, but Jesus healed them anyways, right? And then they came to know about Jesus and tell people, the, the, the man with the mat, he didn't even know Jesus healed him. If you keep reading on that man with the mat, he went and told, well, this man healed me. And then he finds out it was Jesus. So there's so many ways that Jesus heals. But here's what I'm going to say. The Bible says that if we just have a, a, a tiny faith of a mustard seed. So when we go to God with prayer, go to him with faith. It's not like a faith gauge. It's not like a faith meter. And he's like, well, you only hit 2.0 faith, so I, I don't think I'm going to answer your prayer, you know? And here's a great example, Matthew 21, 22. You know this. Jesus replied, truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what is done to the fig tree, but also you can say to the mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask in prayer. You know the problem that I have with that is the complete opposite of that, where there's a doctrine out there that says, well, you're not healed because you don't have enough faith. Am I right? And I, I just, my heart aches for that. Because let me just ask you a question. The Bible says faith is a gift from God, right? Well, if, if, if that's the doctrine you believe, then did I not get the gift of faith from God? Because I'm not healed? Because it, I'm not healed because I don't have faith? And so it just gets really weird. Here's all I will say is, if you just come to them with a childlike faith, just a childlike faith, like I believe... You know, you, you, when you have little kids, it's like, hey, it's going to rain cats and dogs. They're literal. You mean dogs are going to fall out of the sky? Yes, Rylan, dogs are going to fall out of the sky. What kind of dogs, Dad? <laughs> they believe. They're like children. They believe what your parents tell them. And so the thing is, is that God says, come to us with a child. Come to me with a childlike faith. So, if you, so the answer to the question is, how much faith do I need to have? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. You believe in Jesus Christ, you're saved. That's the same faith that you come to him. And he loves it. He rewards us. But I would just say this. Ask with confidence because of your faith. Now, when we come to him with prayer, I want to talk to you a little bit about our prayer with a motive, right? Because sometimes we, when we pray, we can pray with a motive. And God always looks at the motive of our prayers. And so tonight, I just want you, maybe whatever you were asking for, what was your motive for your prayer? The last prayer that you asked, you had a need and you asked, what was the motive of your prayer? Were they selfish motives for personal gain? Was it, was it or was it for the goodness of others? Or was it for kingdom gain? We can pray for all kinds of things. Um, God, give me a better car so that I can make it to work. I don't think that's a bad prayer. I think that's a great prayer. God, want, you know, he wants to provide. You know, we need, we need a, a, a car to go to work to earn an income. 
But John 15, 16, God's going to look at the motives, and here's what I want to show. God will answer prayer when you do his work. That's what I want you to write down. God answers your prayer when you're doing his work. John 15, 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. And so maybe you're sitting here tonight or on podcast listening, you're like, you know, I've asked for God for things. My question to you would be, are you doing something for the Lord, like in a ministry, a mission? Are you supporting? Is God providing your needs for that? I, I, I talk to so many pastors that we're yoked with on missions and they truly do, even our church planners that we sent out there, and many of you know them, they truly do live by faith. I've had church planners and pastors that we go and visit once a year, and they're like, I didn't know how we were going to pay the rent for the church building. I thought we were going to close the doors. Or I didn't know how this was going to happen. They truly live by faith. And I, and I always have to point them to this verse. Are you fruitful for the kingdom? Well, yes. Are you a servant of God? Well, yes, I am. God will provide. I have no idea. Maybe he will close the doors of your church, but he has a better church waiting for you tomorrow or next month. God will always provide for you. So if you're serving the Lord, if you are serving the kingdom, God will provide because he says, go and be fruitful. I will provide for you when you do that. And so God provides his servants with everything they need to be fruitful. Why? John 14, 13 says, whatever you ask in my name, that will I do so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Why does God answer prayer? Because he wants to be glorified. He wants us to praise him for the things that he, that he does. When we pray and he answers prayer, church, always remember to glorify him. Thank him. Thank him and glorify him. Draw him close to you. Let him know that you're just so grateful and, and, and rejoice in it. Be glad. Look at verse 12. The verse before, oh, actually, don't look at verse 12, but the verse before John 14, 13, verse 12 right before that says, um, very truly I tell you, Whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Do you know tonight when you pray and you're doing the work of the Lord, when you intercede, Jesus is interceding for you in the need. I just talked to Pastor Ryan Davis in Colorado, and he had brought a need to me. And I just, I just remind him, I go, listen, Jesus is interceding. He's going to make this happen. I don't know how, but he's going to make it happen. And we're just going to stand in faith and believe. And we pray together. And that's all Ryan needed for that. Okay? And so that's what I'm saying. God will do what he says he's going to do. Now, here's the other thing. And I have it up on the screen because I want you to write this down. When we pray, when we go to God with our prayers, be prepared for unexpected answers. Be prepared for unexpected answers. What do I mean by that? God answers prayers more than we know. But he may not always follow your bullet point request sheet. Anybody here with me? You're laughing. You know what I'm talking about. I will even go further to say that perhaps tonight God has already answered your prayer and maybe you and I aren't listening. There was a Garth Brooks song showing my age here. 
way, way early. Let me read to you the lyrics to this Garth Brooks song. I'm, I'm going to try not to sing it. <laughs> she wasn't quite the angel that I remembered in my dreams, and I could tell that time had changed me in her eyes too, it seemed. We tried to talk about the old days. There wasn't much we could recall. There, I guess the Lord knows what he's doing after all. And as she walked away, I looked at my wife, and then and there I thanked the good Lord for the gifts in my life. Sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. Remember when you're talking to the man upstairs that just because he may not answer doesn't mean he doesn't care. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. God answers our prayers, but he may not always answer them the way we expect. Amen? How many of you are thankful that you remembered a prayer and you go, Lord, if you just do this, and he never did it. And you're like, now, 10 years later, five years later, you're like, thank you, Lord. Thank you. I'm not talking about your wife or your ex-girlfriend in high school like Garth is, but I'm just saying, right? I have it up on the screen. I think this is so appropriate when we're praying to keep this in mind. You can take a picture of it. If the request is wrong, God says no. If the timing is wrong, God says slow. And if you're wrong, God says grow. But if the request is right and the timing is right and you are right, God says go. That's the peace of God that we know when God answers prayers. The next verse that I want to talk to you about, remember it's ask, seek, knock is seek. Seek. The one who seeks finds, in verse 7 and 8, it says, Jeremiah 29, 11, we know this very, very well. It says, then you will call on me and come and do what? And pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me, and you will find me, and when you seek me with all your heart. And that's so encouraging to me. God's desire tonight is that not only do we ask him, but we seek him. And the key here in this verse is, is that we seek him with all of our hearts. You know, when we come to God, our hearts are revealed to him. When he comes into our presence, our hearts are automatically revealed to him. And this passage is always encouraging because it speaks to the promises that God has already spoken all throughout Scripture. God is ready and available, and he can be found by all. It says in this verse, when you seek me, you will find me. And so his desire is to make his presence known to us. When we pray and expect an encounter with God, seek him for who he is first. Seek him for who he is. And then know that he grants full access for you and I to know and to hear from him when he answers our prayers. I have it up on the screen. Three things that I think is good for all of us to remember is when we seek him in prayer, remember that we have the love of God that wants the best for us. So many times I think I know what I should get or I know what I want him to do. And because God waits and because God's will is to be done, and I, and, and I ask him for your will, but I also go, but if you really could do this, God, I really wish you could do this, right? There's plenty of times when God says, no, Dave, wait. That's not my will for now. That's not how I'm going to do it. You're going to wait. 
Second thing is, when we pray to God, we want the wisdom of God that guides us into his will. So maybe it's time when you pray that you just say, God, I want your wisdom on this. This is what I, I think that I want to ask for. This is what I think is gonna, that I need in my life. But Lord, most of all, I want your wisdom in this. And oftentimes, God will give you wisdom through a, a teaching or a devotion or a song on the radio. And he just keeps sending this message to you like a couple times in three days. And you're like, okay, God, I get it. I got your wisdom from that. And then finally, the third thing I want you to know is we understand the power of God that can accomplish all things. Remember when we pray, God is omnipotent. He can do anything. And then finally, knock. Ask, seek, knock. It says in verse 7 and 8, knock, and to the one who knocks, the door will be open. When I thought of that, I just thought of Revelation 3.20. You know this. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. You know, that verse reminds me that we see God's heart for all mankind. And this verse is often used for salvation invitation. We know that because it, it really is. Today's the day of salvation. Knock on the door and I, I will open and I will come in. Great verse for salvation, but I also want you to look at it because Luke 19.10 says, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. But I want you to understand that when it comes to prayer, prayer is like knocking until the door is open. When we knock on that door and he opens the door through answering prayer, we seek entrance into the great heavenly place of our great king and we hear from him what he's going to do for our situation. And I have it up on the screen just as a reminder. God answers everyone who seeks him. God doesn't turn his back on you tonight. God is ready and available to be consulted and to intercede in prayer. And then in this verse, verse 13, it's like all, he's talking, Jesus is talking about ask, seek, and knock. And then all of a sudden it kind of goes way into a shift. And maybe in your Bibles it says a narrow and wide gate. Let's read verse 13. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it, but small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Every time I read that verse, I just go, am I the few? Right? It's like I almost want insurance. It's like, did I get through that gate? Am I, am I, am I that person? Like, why? Am I over here? Or, Lord, did I enter that gate. But I want you to understand something with this verse. Jesus isn't speaking of this gate as our destiny, but as an entrance to a path. See, there's a right way and a wrong way. There's a right path to walk on, and there's a wrong path to walk on as believers. And, and let me just say this. Maybe you're here today, and I've been in this place before, very early on, and, and you know, maybe, maybe the right path and the wrong path, right is on the right, wrong is on the left, and maybe you're here tonight, you're just trying to put one foot in, on each path, and you're straddling both paths. Can I just say to you that if you're doing that, guess what happens? Eventually, a bridge comes. Some of you didn't get that. Do I have to act that out? <laughs> There's a bridge. If I continue to walk with a foot on the right path and the wrong path, it's not going to work, right? And so this is what Jesus is talking about here. He's saying, listen, narrow is the gate. 
Go through the gate, but walk on that narrow path. It's the consistency that he's talking about here. Jesus is appealing to his listeners to decide and go the more difficult path. Why? Because the more the difficult path is, the less the people that are willing to endure it. But guess what, church? It leads to life. That's what Jesus is saying in this passage here. One leads to destruction. The other path leads to life. The gate, this gate, and I looked it up with this theologian. I forgot his name and didn't want to quote him, so I'm just saying I didn't quote it. But he's saying that this gate that he's talking about, it's, it's like it was a large fence, but it was called a wicket gate, a wicket gate, and, and it's of, it really is a tiny, a tiny gate. It really is, it only opens a little bit to get beyond the, the fence. And so this is what they were referring to. And we see that Jesus commanding disciples in this verse to enter the way marked by persecution and great reward at the end. Can I tell you that if you are walking steadfast with God, you know you're walking in his will, can I just say to you, you're probably on the right path. But if life is easy and, and things are going great, and I'm not saying that, you, you know, I'm just saying that evaluate what path you're on because there is persecution to walk the path that God wants us on. There is spiritual warfare. If things are coming easy, maybe it's a great time to evaluate what path am I really on? People today think and are taught to believe that there are many roads, many paths that lead to Jesus Christ. And this verse, again, is just a great reminder. It says, narrow is the gate. Narrow is the path, and not many will walk on it. So I want to wrap it up and just put up on this screen. Be one of the few. Be the VIP that God has made you to be. Remember, you have all access to God when it comes to prayer. Seek him. He's waiting. He's willing to answer prayer. And you don't have to muscle a whole lot of faith. It's the same faith that you believe that Jesus Christ walked the earth, died on the cross for your sins and for mine. That's the faith that you need when you come to Him in prayer. Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Sebastian podcast channel. If this message impacted your life, we encourage you to share it with a friend. We're located at 1251 Sebastian Boulevard, just northeast of Intersection 90th Avenue and State Road 512 in Sebastian, Florida. Our service times are Saturday evening at 6 p.m., Sunday morning at 1045 a.m., and Wednesdays at 630 p.m.